Hello and welcome, citizens of Dark Crow City. You have arrived at episode 32 of Dark Crow's Comics Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry E., and I'm joined by my co-host, Victor Young. If you are new to the show, this is a podcast where two nerdy guys put themselves a nice hot cup of coffee, and then we sit down to break down, analyze, and discuss some of our favorite comic books. The coffee we'll be brewing today is called Kaguyu, oh roasted by Detour Coffee Here we Roasters. Go. Okay. No, that was it. That was the whole name. Oh, okay. That was the whole name. <laughs> and the comics we'll be discussing today are Batman 57, Justice League number 10, and Gideon Falls number 7. It's the return. Back. It's back. Of Gideon Falls. Very excited to talk about this book. Uh, so we hope you're excited about it just as much as we are. If you like the show, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And alongside with hitting that subscribe button, let us know how we're doing. Leave us a review. Give us a rating. And make sure you tell everyone about this podcast. Just, you know, let your friends know. Anyways, before we dive into our comics and the coffee that we'll be having this week, let's catch up a little bit. Uh, I do know what you've been up to this week. You do know. Because this week we actually kind of did something. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Because I, I know what you're up to this week. Oh, really, Victor? Yeah. Do tell. Well, I think you should tell. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so this weekend. Yes, sir. We went to a brand new con. Brand new. First year it's ever been done. First ever. And it was named KimiCon. Jerry, tell us more about it. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> So it's called KimiCon. <laughs> it's called KimiCon. It's basically a convention. It's here in the, it's here in Toronto, here in Toronto, Canada, and it's basically a convention by an artist. Her name is Sakimi Chen, and she does a lot of, um, I guess uh, fan art stuff. But yeah. uh, she she does them really well. Very very well known um, in the uh, in the artist. I guess the artist alley, artist gallery circle. Yeah. You know. So she's been at pretty much every con. She goes to count cons like, you know, sort of like across the country, sometimes in the States, out of country, stuff like that. Um, so she decided to start a con which is more focused on artists, more focused on people in artist alley, more focused on even vendors that want to showcase like the different things, arts and crafts and stuff that they would do. Yep. Um, so she created this con. It's called Kimmy Con. And this year is the first ever year that they did it. Um, and it happened down in the CNE. Uh, well, for those who don't know, it's, it's our exhibition place, our little... Yeah, the Intercare know. Center. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it happened there. It's a three-day event. We went yesterday, Saturday. And uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because it was, it was really cool to see more focus on the artists that are keeping sort of keeping the community going right you know it's a lot of community people coming together to showcase their art yeah because you go to a lot of <coughs> expos and, and conventions and and a lot of it is very merchandise focused yes right so you, you know you're gonna go to a lot of vendors and 90 percent of the time they're all selling the same stuff yeah <laughs> right but but point is is that they're just there to sell stuff right mm-hmm. they're there to make money not that these artists aren't here to make money, but the point is, is that it's more artist focused, right? Yeah. So that a so that the majority of the vendors are 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 artists that are here to display their work, and and I think that's a good thing, right? Because I think that you know you go to places like Fan Expo, Anime North, things like that. It's it's they're largely overshadowed because that's not what people go there for, not for them. 
Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. But I think this was a was a really good opportunity and and a lot of the artwork that that we saw was really good, man. Like, yeah. Fantastic really top notch stuff. stuff. Yeah. I picked up a few prints myself, and uh, there were just some artists that. There were actually a few artists I don't think I've seen at Fan Expo yeah. or I've seen at the Comic-Con and stuff like that. And uh-huh. some of those artists, they're, they're doing some phenomenal stuff out there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it was it was really fun. It was really good uh, first experience at this con. And I think I, I talked to the guy because uh, Sakimi Chan is actually a friend of ours. And so I, I talked to pretty much her boyfriend and uh, you know, we kind of grew up together. So I was right. talking to him and he was talking, to, he was saying that there, there's like different plans of what they're gonna do moving forward with right. this con, right? And there, there's some pretty exciting stuff coming, and uh, and their their hope is to to expand it further and further. Right now, they're taking over one hall in uh, in the Endicare Center, mm-hmm. but like one hall out, out of four halls. Out of, just out of four in halls. Case, I mean, I mean, most of our listeners probably won't know. So it's, it, oh yeah, you're yeah. right, you're right. <laughs> Us Canadians, uh, <laughs> yeah. So they take it's one hall out of the four, and I, I'm only imagining like you know years from now they're gonna be they're gonna be going bigger and bigger and bigger. So absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, the one cool thing is in the back of this one they do they do on the stage they have like artists um, they do art demonstrations they yeah do, like, like live paint, demos yeah live yeah. demos of like doing digital painting and stuff like that. So that was all really cool. And then they had this one traveling, I guess, idol group, and they would just oh. do dancing. And then they had the, you know, the, they're like, like an, anime themes. They're like an, or they're like an. I don't even know what to call them, to be honest. Like, they're very big in Japan. They're amongst like, like real otaku's. Yeah, right? yeah, uh, yeah. They're but they're basically like these. Yeah, like they're idol groups and they're dressed up in these uh like usually uniforms like may uniforms or school uniforms or whatever and then they they go and they perform the well i perform i i guess i could put that word use that word loosely because half the time they're lip lip syncing yeah right but they're, yeah. they're still performing and they're dancing and the crowd was really like there's some <laughs> really dedicated people to this stuff man. <laughs> yeah there, <laughs> there was some real there, there was some real intensity going on. Lots of people were really excited. Lots of people were really happy about it. Yeah. Um. Big. They drew. They drew some big crowds. So yeah. you know, it was. It was fun. Yeah, for sure. Good times. Absolutely. Good times. Looking forward to year two. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So, anyways, let's go ahead. Let's go brew that coffee. Come back and talk about some comics. Let's do it. Coffee slash comic time. What? <laughs> Good one. I. I honestly. I. We have to come up with something. <laughs> Yeah, because before we had a very clear distinction of what we were going to call that segment. Yeah. And now we kind of combine it together. So we just, I don't know. Well, I don't know. It's, uh, well, it's coffee comic time. All right. And we're at the comic segment, or some other segment name. Should we find a more <laughs> well, appropriate we'll, we'll, name? We'll see. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll, we'll, it we'll, out. we'll come to that road when we get to that. Uh, this is a segment where we take some of the newest comics on the stands available at your local comic shop and we break them down, we analyze them, and we discuss about them and we talk about some of the themes that are covered in some of these books. So this week, our first book that we'll be discussing is Batman number 57. Now before we get into our discussion for Batman, Victor is going to introduce us to the coffee and talk a little bit about the coffee that we'll be having. almost left our coffee out, bro. No, never. <laughs> never. Especially because I know you're looking at the coffee sheet. 
So, our coffee this week, as mentioned earlier, is named Kaguya from the country of Kenya in a region named Kirinyaga County. And it's been roasted by Detour Coffee Roasters out in Burlington, Ontario. And that's actually roasted on my birthday, September 25th. Oh, hey. Yeah. All right. Uh, so not too far away from us, just uh, a little bit further southwest. Burlington? Yeah. Yeah, because it's somewhere in between where we are and uh, St. Catharines, I believe. Oh, okay. All right. <coughs> uh, to all our uh, non-Canadian listeners, I guess, uh, <laughs> gave them a bit of a... Give you guys a bit of a geographical geography. lesson. Yeah. Ge- <laughs> geography lesson. From not, two people who not, are not very good at geography. No, not not at all, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Just south. <laughs> okay, so before we talk about comics, also want to give you a spoiler warning. Uh, this is because due to the way that we're going to be talking about some of these books and the themes that we'll be covering, and in order to really get in depth with some of these, we're going to have to spoil some of the things that are happening in the book. So be warned, if you haven't read the books already, go to your local comic shop Find the books on the stand, pick them up, read them, come back, and then we'll discuss about them. By the end of the episode, we're also going to be giving the books that we're going to talk about for the following week, because, you know, New Comics Book Day will be the day after this episode airs, so you'll have plenty of time to prepare. All right. First book we're talking about today, Batman number 57, is written by Tom King, with art by Tony S. Daniel, with the folktale art by Mark Buckingham and Andrew Papoy. That folktale, though. Oh, so good. So good. <laughs> it was, I was so shocked. So good. I was reading, I was like, I was like, okay, 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 <laughs> okay. Uh, the colors done by Tomomori. Oh, you weren't done yet. No, I was just Sorry, go on. <laughs> <laughs> colors by Tomomori and letters by Clayton Cowles. So, as we're talking about the folktale, so the way that this issue is structured uh, basically comes to it's it's a conclusion of the, of the Beast of Burton arc. And yeah. basically, Batman has found KG Beast, and you know you get this sort of like fisticuff showdown that's happening between them. But weaved in between the narrative is this Russian folktale. It's called Animals and the Pit, and it is an interesting folktale to include in this book. Yeah, because it, it tells a very it starts like any other children's story, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. kind of fun and stuff like that. And the artwork on that is just magnificent. Yeah, uh, very well done. brings out that brings out that liveliness and that hopeful nature of you know of folk tales. Yeah, but it takes a really dark turn. Mm-hmm. So, did you want to talk a little bit about that Russian folk tale? Um, I I think with, with that Russian folk tale, it, it's obviously meant to to symbolize something. Uh, I haven't quite grasped yet. Maybe you can maybe shed some light on it. But as the folktale goes, the uh, the pig is on his way to uh, to church to pray at uh, St. Petersburg. Yes. So along the way, uh, he meets uh, a number of animals, aka his uh, his comrades on this journey, so to speak. Yeah. Right. So I believe he meets the the wolf first, and then he meets the fox. And then he meets uh, the the rabbit or the yep, hare, the rabbit, and yeah. then he meets the squirrel. Yes. Uh, and then on the way there, they uh, encounter this hole in the ground, this dugout. And for some reason, the pig just jumps in, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody else jumps in after him. And as it goes, they they're there for a while, and then they start to get hungry. 
So then they start creating these criteria as to who gets killed off first so that they can feed the rest of the group. Uh, so I believe the first uh, one was whoever has the thinnest voice uh, is going to be the one that's going to get eaten first. And of course, the first one to go is, uh, I believe, the squirrel. The first to go? Yeah, I believe it's the squirrel of the hare. Yeah. Which one is it? It's uh, both. Both. They both go, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then after that, it's uh, whoever has the the fattest voice, which I believe the next one to go after that is uh, the wolf. The wolf. Uh, and then uh, the fox actually takes the hearts and the entrails uh, of the wolf and uses it as a disguise as if he were eating himself. So then the pig asks the fox and he goes, hey, what are you eating? I want some of that. And the fox goes, well, listen, I just opened up myself and, and I'm eating my own entrails. You should do the same. So then, of course, the pig goes and he does it and he kills himself. And then the fox is obviously uh, eaten big, right? But he never comes out of that hole, right? As, or does he? Or does he? Right, exactly. It's it's yeah. it's left up to reader's interpretation. Yeah. Sort of like at the end of uh, Alan Moore's The Killing Joke. Um, yeah, yeah. So... I mean, I, th- I think the, the the most surprising twist um, isn't the isn't the the, the folklore or the folk story itself. It's the fact that it's actually Thomas Wayne reading it to Bruce Wayne. I thought it was uh, no, it was it's both. It's both, right? It's both. Okay, they're both. They've both been read that story when they were young. Okay, yeah. it it was just a shock that to me that Bruce as a kid would actually enjoy that story. Yeah. Uh, Either that, or it was a, de- or the story was a device so that Thomas Wayne could stick around a little longer. He actually didn't like that story. One of the two. <laughs> um, but yeah, when I read it, I knew it was gonna symbolize something. I just wasn't sure what it had symbolized just yet. Um, but man, that artwork <laughs> and just the just the way they drew it was just. Why was this allowed to be a kid's book? <laughs> it just made no sense. Because they, they show the animals like basically killing each other. Yeah. Right? So... I don't uh, I don't know now if it's... um The way that this folktale goes, I don't know if it's actually designed to be a, a, a kid's book. Or right. if it's sort of now up to interpretation so that they've created a book out of this. Right. Because, I do question you know, it myself as well. Yeah. Uh, because... It, I mean, it's not like... Because it could be just a tale. Yeah. And then not um, not drawn out. Not drawn out. Yeah. And it was just and then now it was just stylized that way by exactly, the artist yeah. for the reader. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it's not like... It's not like Thomas Wayne was an individual to, to read that kind of book to... Yeah. To a, like a kid Bruce. That made no sense. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that's the way that the that folk story goes, man. Yeah, so... I've got a few thoughts on it. It um, tell me your thoughts. <laughs> Thanks, man. Leave Thanks. a comment, like our video, subscribe. Tell us your thoughts. <laughs> video. We don't have any videos. We don't. I, know, just, I don't know what's going. Start on. throwing people off. Okay, so <laughs> I, I got a few thoughts on this. It's to me what I think the story symbolizes is the the pit itself is sort of this life that they go through this adulthood yeah right so they they all gather together they're all hopeful and stuff and they go and they travel together to try to get to a destiny mm-hmm. uh, to try to get to a destination right so then they fall into this pit and the pit is 
growing. The the pit is adulthood. Yeah. Right? The pit yeah. is all the dark things in their life that they need to encounter. Right. And what they do in the pit is essentially what Batman and the rogue and his rogue gallery is doing. Right. It's just they're they're constantly they're constantly trying to wind up each other, fighting each other, mm-hmm. finding ways to survive and especially his role gallery is just trying to find ways to survive. Right. 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 And ultimately they all end up in the pit and their destiny at the very end is still death. Right. Because you can't escape you can't escape time. Mm-hmm. Right. You can't escape the clutches of time. Right. So there is that panel, those panels at the end of the folktale at the end of the story is just passage through time years and years passes through time right mm-hmm. and in there it says the fox then was left as the last beast in the pit did he climb up or is he still there I don't right. know right so the story ends with you, you don't know whether or not they're still there but you know that the passage of time has happened right so mm-hmm. now it's up to your interpretation of whether or not they stay in the pit so for me there's two possible outcomes the fox stays in the pit and dies yeah. Right. For me, what that symbolizes is, regardless of what Batman or any of his villains do, right? When you fall into that dark darkness, or when you fall, or just through the passage of time, through growing up and going through that in life, mm-hmm. the the part of dying at the end, at the end of time, is inevitable. Right. Right. And they're all just fighting to survive until the inevitable comes. Yeah. Right. Because you do need to survive or else you'll be offed first. But mm-hmm. ultimately, time catches up to you and you will lose yeah. ultimately. So if the fox did indeed stay in there and die, all of his all of his actions are all just making up towards the inevitable. Because mm-hmm. at the end, they would have all died. Yeah. Right? And that's sort of what that story is telling me. No matter how cunning or conniving you are, at the end of the road is death and death is lonely. Yeah. And that's kind of what that story is telling me. Mm-hmm. Now, if the fox gets out and survives, if the fox lives, again, this is up to your interpretation of the story, right? right? If he lives, it's telling me that should you choose to, no matter what kind of darkness you fall into, you can always dig yourself out and leave that tragedy behind. Right. You can leave that into the pit. You can leave whatever has happened to you in the past and you can dig yourself out and survive. Now, I think that paints a clearer picture for Batman because Batman right now is trying to find an identity for himself of what he can be outside of this darkness. Right. Right? And the beginning first half of this run, because I know Tom King has talked about how this run is going to be like a hundred issue epic. Mm-hmm. The whole first part, uh, first, uh, first part, first half of this run has been about him finding ways to come out of the darkness, finding ways to live his life in happiness, right? right? To in search of that happiness for Bruce Wayne. Yeah. If the fox gets out and survives, and if that's what he gets out of that story when he was read that as a child, then the hope survives within him. Mm-hmm. And that he understands that all this killing, or not so much killing, I guess Batman doesn't kill, all all this hurt, all this darkness, all this beating up bad guys and whatever, and all this tragedy that happens in his life, he can get himself out of. Right. He can survive it, and he can move on as that being a part of his past. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's kind of where I see 
his interpretation of this going. Right. I think the way that this tale is basically giving you two options, but in an open-ended way, Mm -hmm. is because depending on how you go through your life, that's what you think the ending of this book will be. Right. KG Beast, I think, believes that the fox stays in the pit mm-hmm. and the fox just dies and there's, right. there's there's no getting out of where you are mm-hmm. right and that's why he has become the man that he is mm-hmm. right he has become this assassin that he is and he's he was abused when he was young and stuff like that and he believes that he's stuck in this darkness right but he's grasping for hope but he knows ultimately he's stuck in the darkness for batman it's him needing to understand that he perhaps can dig himself out of it and that there is hope left mm-hmm. and that hope ultimately is what may drive him to leave all this stuff behind right you know stuff being the batman right right so that's kind of where i see this story happen mm-hmm. and it's coupled by what is weaved into the story of batman and the kgb's just punching each other out just mm-hmm. punching each other fighting each other finding ways to survive right Right, and ultimately, KGB even offers to give up the information to try to survive, but it's left in the dark. Mm-hmm. Right, and I think that's why this tale is weaved in there, and I think it's pretty expertly done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I sort of interpret like those are obviously spot on interpretations in my opinion. Very good job, Jay. Uh, in, in, it's an opinion piece, though. It's yeah. an opinion piece. Other yeah. people can get something completely different out of it, right? Spot on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the way that that I sort of see it, actually, though. Um, is I believe the pit is Gotham. Okay. And that because there's there's a, a there's a one page nine panel spread here at the end. Uh, well, it's not really spread; it's just one page with nine panels. Um, where you obviously where you're they're leaving you uh, uh, the the hole up for interpretation whether the fox made it out or not. Now behind oh, the hole that my uh, that nine page you're talking about the. Uh... The nine page in the folktale, where it's just the pit, yeah, and the, the changing seasons, yeah, yeah. But behind the pit yeah. is Johannesburg, is right? The, is the church, right? So, the way that I see it is that the, the the pit is Gotham, and Batman is always he's always in this situation, mm-hmm. right? He's always in this situation where he's he's punching the bad guys, he beats them up. In hopes that Gotham becomes the church, it, it 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 tries to become that destination, but in in the background, it wants he wants the city to be like a good city. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like he he's he's aiming for it to be something like Metropolis. Mm-hmm. But it never gets there. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, and that's the way that I interpret it. Is you know he's KGB's to me even though he's sort of the the the, the quote unquote main villain within this little mini arc right is a representation of all the villains of Gotham this batman this is a cycle that batman has gone through over time and time and time and again and even though he's beaten cage beast does it mean that Gotham is lifted from that hole and you reach Johannesburg mm-hmm. i don't know yeah right chances are probably not because it's <laughs> this is a repetitive cycle right but yeah I think I think that whole is representative of Gotham and every every villain within Gotham. And 
the whole point is that he's he's trying to fight all these villains to reach Johannesburg. Okay. And then right. it's whether he gets there or not is you never know. You're never gonna know. Yeah. Right. So I mean that's the way that I've interpreted it, at least just now anyway. Actually, I think where they go. Not Johannesburg, I don't think, right? Or that that's the church in Johannesburg. Yeah, Saint Petersburg I, in Johannesburg. Is it Saint Peter? Saint Petersburg. Sa- sorry, Saint Petersburg. Keep saying Johannesburg. Yeah. Wow. I don't even know if that's in Germany. But I didn't. <laughs> I don't think it is. I just didn't want to stop you because you were making a really good point. Yeah. Sorry, Saint Petersburg. Saint Petersburg. Yeah. The church in Saint Petersburg. You know, yeah. Locale aside. <laughs> yeah. You're making a really good point, and I think the idea being that. And I think your, your interpretation of the pit being Gotham, I think, is pretty spot on as well. Yeah. Because, and, it, and this is not something that I... Make me blush. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> and because this is not something that I had thought about. Yeah. I had thought about this as sort of a metaphor for life. But yeah. if this is what he's envisioning as Gotham, then really, ultimately, he's building... He's building th- this pit that people come to and people fall into this pit of darkness. Yeah. And he's... And all these people that are in there, all these bad people with these bad thoughts about just, you know, trying to survive and take advantage of the situation and stuff like that. He's in there and he has to fill it up. Yeah. And in like this dark, twisted way, he has to fill it up. So he can climb out. So he can climb out. And then he also fills the hole up so the people who are passing through no longer has to go through that pain of falling into the darkness that is Gotham. Yeah. And that they can just make their way to the destination of where they're trying to Exactly. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a really good interpretation of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think in a way, the fox is a good representation of Batman, mm-hmm. right? Because he is cunning, he is sly. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily use brute brute force to to win a fight, mm-hmm. right? In in that last fight, or not last fight, I guess in that last sort of conversation he had with the pig, like he he deceived the pig pretty good. Yeah. Right. I don't know. The pig could be like I don't know Bane or whatever, but <laughs> <laughs> but I mean that's generally how it goes. Yeah. Right. Like Batman is always outthinking his uh, his uh, the the villains, right? His adversaries. So I think that yeah, I think combined with what you just said, I think that's that paints a very complete picture of this uh, fairy tale for me. This oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And it's I just think it's so it's so out of left field. That I think the way because it's not it's not a popular story. Yeah. It's not one of those stories that you hear very often. It's not one of those things that like you hear about when you're growing up and mm-hmm. that you you look at it and you're like, oh, I'm familiar with the story. Yeah. So when you read the story and you read the folktale that's in the story, this is really up to your interpretation. Yeah. You know, like let's just say if he chose a more popular story or a nursery rhyme or whatever. Then you're gonna come to it like, oh, I kind of know how this ends. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. You put your, you just sort of put a preconceived conclusion at the end of it, right? But really, this opens up the imagination a lot. Imagine if they chose like a completely <clears throat> random story, like Pippi Longstocking. It's like, what does this have to do with Batman? It's like you completely don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but truthfully, if anybody can try to make that reference, it'll probably be Tom King. Oh, because he yeah. has taken a lot of really random references and has made a point. To make it match up to the things that Batman's going through, mm-hmm. right? And and I think that's what's really smart about this series. Yeah, is that you may think of this book as just a just like a fisty cuff type of 
you know, situation. Kind of like the end of War of Jokes and Riddles, where they mm-hmm. just kind of kept punching each other. But yep. ultimately, there, there's a deeper tale to be had there. And it's all happening outside of the action that is Batman punching KG Beast. But that's just Batman in general, too. Yeah. Right? Like, behind behind the mask, behind the fear and the mystery of Batman, there's there's a lot of layers mm-hmm. of character, right? And I think that's why doing things like this with a character like Batman, it just works so well. Yes. Right? Because Batman has has so many layers that that a reader can uncover that you know, almost anything can sort of work in that sense. Or you can mm-hmm. throw like Caillou in there and it would probably work, right? <laughs> <laughs> Dora the Explorer falls no, into the pit. No, I'm just imagining a Caillou Batman crossover. <laughs> <laughs> Tom King, make it happen, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, he already made the Elmer Fudd happen, so. So Caillou is not too far off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's. I think this is just really well done. Really well done. Oh, yeah. I did read through this very quickly. Mm-hmm. It's one of those issues where... Because it, the um, the sequences that are happening in the folktale are not difficult right. to go through. Yeah. They're very straightforward, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Event after event. And then the punching sequence is really just them punching each other. Right. And making a lot of sounds. Mm-hmm. It's just Batman going... <laughs> and then be going... Arr. So... The whole issue is them just doing that. And then yeah. at the end, they have a conversation. And it's Batman telling him, like, I'm the, you know, because KGB was trying to ask to be like, get me some help. You broke my neck. <laughs> you know, give me some help. I'll, I'll give it up. And then Batman's like, I'm the world's greatest detective. I got 300 clicks to walk in front of me. Go get your own help. I'm good. Yeah. And aside from that conversation, that, that was all that was said. Yeah. Right. And that's all that needs to be said. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what's covered so well by this folktale. Yeah, exactly. Because. Batman knows that there's there's always something deeper mm-hmm. than the enemy that that's in front of him, mm-hmm. right? He always knows that, and I think that's why. I think that's why, even though KGB did strike uh, an unexpected blow to Batman, you knew he wasn't going to win. Yes, you knew he wasn't going to win because, at the end of the day. Batman is already aiming for the guy that that's hired him. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. Right. This is so. sort of just like a little it will, it, stepping stone to get to yeah. where he needs to be. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he did it to to make a point. Mm-hmm. The point was made. Now he's just gonna leave KGBs with a broken neck and walk the three hundred clicks and <laughs> be on his merry way. Well, that, that, was have a a miles to... that was a badass way to walk away though I'm, I'll <laughs> tell you that right now <laughs> yeah it's uh it's pretty cool it's pretty cool and I, I think it's also really cool like there was one panel I want to call to a lot of times when you see Batman in a fight or stuff like that and the way that Batman is drawn the eyes you don't see the pupil mm-hmm. right for the for the most part for like the main stories a lot of side story stuff like mm-hmm. Earth 1 and even Batman uh, yeah. Batman Damned and stuff like that you they draw with the pupil it's it's to bring more of a down to earth feel earthly feel right. to it right in in this in like regular superhero um not, not regular superhero but like the main titles and stuff like that for the most part batman is drawn without the pupil when you have the cowl on you don't have the pupil right you just have the the white for your yeah. eyes right yeah same thing with like nightwing green lantern and stuff like that when they have the cowl on that's or you know the the mask and stuff like that 
in this particular fight, KG Beast sort of slashed his, his cowl mask, yeah. and it ripped open and his yeah. eyes showed. Yeah. I think that's pretty significant because there's so not too. a whole lot of fights where that happens to Batman. Right. It, and for the first time, you see not just Batman fighting, but Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Because underneath the mask, you see him. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it makes this. It makes this battle with with KG Beast and, I guess, in a larger sense, with uh, that that the collection of villains that he's eventually going to face. I think it just makes it more personal. Yes, for Batman, more exactly. personal for the readers, exactly. right? Um, you know, which which only foreshadows. I think, unfortunately, it foreshadows a really bad path that Batman is walking down on. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it just because it's so personal, like I feel like he's going to let this sort of this take over this him. vengeance take yeah. over him. But I think that's also part of I think that's also part of this transformation that Batman is going through. Yeah. Right? Because he does do this periodically. Mm-hmm. Right? Where he just lets it take over him. So um I think that's probably what we're going to see moving forward with Batman. Um, but I think it's also being used as a ploy by by Tom to to help the overall uh, redevelopment of Batman moving forward within the series. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So I, I think uh, we've pretty much covered all we can on Batman. I think so, too. Uh, do yeah. you have any parting thoughts? Uh, who, who's up next? <laughs> that's exactly, that's exactly, that's exactly what I'm going What's with round right two going to be? <laughs> like who who's next in his wrath like, yeah exactly yeah and it's it'll be interesting because you just it's just a continued downward spiral right mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that'll be really cool to see yeah all right so that concludes our conversation on batman number 57 so we're gonna go ahead and move on to our second book which is justice league number 10 it's written by scott snyder with art by francis manipal and letters by tom napolitano this this is new it's new yeah it's a it's the beginning of what I think we're going to start seeing as the repercussions of them breaking down the source wall repercussions of them breaking down the source wall uh, but also uh, yeah yeah breaking down the source wall and I guess the consequences of them find trying to find out what the totality really means to them yeah right so it's sort of i guess dual dual meaning in that sense with with these little mini arcs that are that are happening Mm -hmm. what one thing though i do want to call out is the artwork on this is fantastic oh yeah francis manipal is fantastic one of the best one of the best and the way that he renders a lot of those I, i guess sea creatures but it's kind of um the the generals from the from the different from uh, the, the the invaders basically yeah. and the, the way those guys are rendered it's very well done mm-hmm. right but one thing i do want to call out it's weird that they left off they cuz they started talking about what the totality actually is yeah. being perpetual yeah it's weird that they've kind of left that i do agree with that because um, this arc you can see being a a multi-issue arc yeah, not a not a long, not a multi, long like maybe three, three issues. Yeah, but exactly. Still, it it detracts from the fact that 
I mean, I mean, I think it, 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 we shouldn't let it take take away from the fact that we were left on a very big cliffhanger. Exactly. With Perpetua. Yeah. So it is weird that they're not talking about Perpetua, and only certain league members right now are dealing with the situation. Yeah. Right? But it's it is a grave situation, mm-hmm. and you can see like the powers that are now going to be facing like the dangers that are going to be facing the Justice League yeah. it's, it's much it's much more global in terms of scale compared right. to some of the things that they I mean, obviously they've dealt with like galactic like dangers but this very much got out of hand quick oh real fast like very fast like the whole world was in danger like immediately immediately <laughs> purple rain you know chocolate rain <laughs> Sums. I don't remember how the song goes. Uh, <laughs> now, to to sort of add to your point, I thought it was going to be a situation where we would find out bit by bit mm-hmm. uh, who or what Perpetua is. Yes. While these mini arcs are happening, right? Yes. Like, say for example, they're they're on a lead to to sort of figuring out what the totality is how it fits within the the grander scheme of mending the universe so to speak yes or the multiverse and uh and then that and then the individual league members would just encounter these things along the way while the the a background conversation of perpetua was happening but it's that's it's not mm-hmm. nothing about perpetua is ever being mentioned not within the past three issues yeah Right, so I'm, I'm sort of wondering if even the creative team is just trying to figure out what to do with Perpetual right now, and then they're just sort of using these as fillers within the when in the meantime, just to sort of buy their own time to to see how Perpetual fits within the bigger picture of their own story. Maybe now I think. Because these issues, obviously, they're they're planned out way ahead of time. Yeah. Right. They're they're months ahead right now. Yeah. Um, in terms of where they're planning, he's probably got the next year figured out. Yeah. But I maybe, do. Maybe at I the time when he was writing. It. Exactly. Yeah. I do agree with you though yeah. that right now I I think because Perpetua is such a big reveal. Yeah. That the totality ended up being an actual entity. Yeah. That I, I think it's going to be harder for them to massage that in. And right now they're talking, I think they're maybe now they're building up to the impact of what Perpetua can be when Perpetua comes in ultimately. Right. Or when they start, when they finally come to figure something out. Yeah. Because I, I think the way that justice league has been going and the way that justice League has been unfolding over the first 10 issues, it is very much them talking about and them, coming to realizations about them, themselves and coming to coming to realizations about the things that they've done in the past and facing those stuff that I think that's kind of where they're going with it right. and that they have to come to face something else within themselves right. before Perpetual ultimately reveals herself. It does seem weird though like what we were mentioning because like, it's it almost does, like the league just forgot about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And uh. it's Obviously, the lead doesn't know Perpetua is there. Like it's that the the lead doesn't know that it's an entity. Right. You know what? That's that's true too. Because now, because now we're talking about it from a metaphysical sense. Yeah. Right. Uh, sort of like in D and D, when you know what's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. To it's other very characters, meta. Even very though meta. your main character doesn't. Right. So. Yeah. 
yeah, I think as we're talking about Perpetua, I, I, you know, maybe I'm just speaking more for myself here. I just got to be a bit more careful of that fact that the league actually doesn't know about that reveal that happened in that issue. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do f- still find it weird that they're not even working on that fact. Like they're not even touching. On they're it. not even touching on it. Like yeah. they're just like, all right, we got it. Cool. <laughs> let's let's go fight some drowned armies. Like it just. <laughs> To yeah, me, it doesn't make much sense. Drowned, but Drowned Earth as an idea is really cool. As an idea, yeah, absolutely. It's fantastic. Them talking about discovering discovering oceans and discovering additional bodies of water. The concept is so... It's, it's a really basic idea for, for a kid, mm-hmm. right? Because you're, a kid is asking, oh, maybe we'll find additional... We'll find like more oceans and stuff like that. Right. But this is really happening. Like... Mm-hmm. New bodies of water are being found outside of what they believe to be true, outside right. of the confines of their understanding, mm-hmm. right? So this this new bed of water comes in, this thing called, a, you know, um, well, for this arc, it's called Drowned Earth, this, this water, this new water that yeah. comes in and will basically transform people. Like anything it touches. Anything it touches, yeah. So fire, Firestorm immediately, <laughs> first victim. <laughs> Firestorm turns into this weird sea creature and then Aquaman gets swallowed into that that purple kraken kraken thing yeah, yeah. the purple kraken thing and then comes across <laughs> these people um come across like the, the this captain captain gall commander drogue and fleet admiral tide yeah amazing and names. he thought yeah very cool he thought these were the people that were originally coming as a call to uh, to Arion. Yeah. Right? It was Arion, right? But it turns out they're the actual or is invaders. is it Orion? Huh? Is it Arion or Orion? Arion. It, it starts, with, starts with an A. Yeah, but you can go Orion. Orion? Orion. So we'll Arian, say Arion. We'll say Arion. Yeah. So Arion made this call out for, you know, for like these fleets and, the, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So... These guys come in, and Aquaman thought they were the answer, but truthfully, they were the they invaders. were the original invaders. They were the original invaders, mm-hmm. and now they brought their fleet over, and they're, you know, going to end up drowning the Earth. And I think the idea is super cool mm-hmm. because this is something. This is not something that the Justice League can just stop. It's not. It's a force of nature that they're they're dealing with now. Yeah. Right. Because it's not just a bad guy going around touching everybody. Like this is, like it's raining. It's precipitation. Like this yeah. is this. You can't stop this. So I think it's it's going to spell something insanely crazy for the Justice League moving forward. Yeah, well, we'll we'll see how. Again, like it's. I don't see this mini arc going beyond three issues. I believe that they're probably going to resolve this fairly quickly, and then they're going to move on to the next encounter that the next league member is going is going to go through. Right, but um, no, but this is. I, I'm just curious how they're gonna be able to turn everybody back. That's yeah. what I want to figure out. Oh, actually, wait, 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 wait! I completely forgot about this <laughs> this advertising page at the end. What I see this as a three issue arc, but this is a full event. Oh, so now we're talking like six plus issues. Yeah. So this okay. So this is. The event is called Drowned Earth. It's uh, written by Scott Snyder, James Tiny the Fourth, and Dan Namnet. Yeah. Um, 
I totally missed that ad too. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally forgot about it. Yeah, it's um, now we just look like fools. <laughs> <laughs> it starts in Justice League number ten, Aquaman number forty, and then it goes to Aquaman number forty one, Titans twenty eight, and then part one Justice League slash Aquaman Drowned Earth number one. Yeah, that sounds like a full event. And then part two is Justice League number eleven. Part three is Justice League number twelve, with a tie-in as Aquaman number 42, and then part four, Aquaman Justice League Drowned Earth number one. Wow. A little confused about the way they named this, but all in all, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, it is an eight-issue arc. So we're not that far, or three, eight, whatever. It's all the same. (laughs) Big difference. (laughs) Three in each book, book, let's say. Um, So... Okay, so this looks like it's going to cross over into Aquaman and some bits of Titans. Um, what, how that relates to Titans, I don't know. But because well, Firestorm. I, well, yeah, but we haven't. Um, Is like, Firestorm we, part of? No, Titan? he's not part of Titans. Ah, shoot, Firestorm's I can't remember. Titans. Oh. But like, we we haven't been following Titans, and we haven't really been following Aquaman. I've been reading Aquaman, but I'm like a couple arcs behind. Yeah. On my own, yeah. so I haven't really been. Ca- I haven't caught up on that series, so we haven't. Maybe this is hinted in the other series. We just didn't it's know. So a good chance, yeah. Yeah. So from Justice League's perspective, we think it was going to be like three issues. And mm-hmm. we're kind of right. It's only three issues in Justice League. So pat on the back for us. <laughs> now, but, yeah. Sorry, you mentioned it was Justice League Drowned Earth issue one. Yes. That is a little weird. Ju- Justice League slash Aquaman colon Drowned Earth number one. Okay, so that means so that, that okay, so then that's separate from from the main Justice yeah, League. Yeah, so it's like a okay. separate book. So is is it going to be concluded in that, or is it going to be concluded in Justice League? Uh, in I, in that, so okay. it's happening in Justice League Aquaman Titans, and then Justice League Aquaman Drawn Earth One, and then it goes back to Justice League Justice League Aquaman, and then Aquaman Justice League Drawn Earth One. Okay, so it'll probably be concluded in that while ju- the moving forward the future Justice League issues will then start another arc probably then right well no not 11 11 and 12 will still be Brown Earth yeah so yeah. actually so for that, for us to cover this event we'll have to do the the, uh, the tie-ins as well we'll have to cover Aquaman 41 Titans 28 mm-hmm. and then those individual books yeah so we'll have to get on Aquaman and Titans which isn't so bad because yeah. if it's part of a crossover it's easy for us to cover yeah to be fair it's that's not as many tie-ins as you would expect for a like a big event like this. Yeah, like you would expect like ten cross-spanning events. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like Harley Quinn would fit in there somehow. Like you'd have a Harley Quinn issue. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. <laughs> well, Green Lantern would make more sense. Like yeah, I remember Even like, Flash. You know? Yeah, I remember like with big tie-in events, they would have like random, like really random crossovers. Yeah, like. Uh, uh, I mentioned Harley Quinn because there was a Harley Quinn tie-in at some point. I can't remember which event. But I was just like, why is this here? Like, I don't... No one's going to read this. <laughs> why are you here, Harley? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's... Uh, so, okay. So, it's it's happening across multiple titles. So, we'll definitely be covering that moving forward. Mm-hmm. So, okay. If that's the case, this actually builds a really strong... It builds a really strong prequel. Yeah. Because now that we know it's going to happen across multiple titles, it's the dangers is going to be much bigger than what they're what they're facing now. What they're letting on to be in this it, issues, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. 
But just on this issue alone, like, I think one thing to take away from this issue, though, is it's a good look at them calling out into the unknown Mm -hmm. and not knowing what to expect back. Mm -hmm. And it's very much the running theme of Justice League, yeah. right? Is them needing to call into the unknown and not knowing what's going to return, yeah. but they just have to kind of face it, yeah, right? And it just happens that this time they're facing sort of like a world-ending crisis. But, yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's it's an, it's an a reoccurring theme because in, in the larger, bigger situation that they're in, they kind of have no choice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So uh, we're definitely going to be seeing more of that moving forward i expect i expect uh something similar to happen to Hawkgirl, martian manhunter and uh, john stewart mm-hmm. i expect something similar to happen to them um and i'm also kind of expecting something similar to happen to um the flash mm-hmm. as well because he's known to attract big time enemies as well yeah for right? sure uh, especially now with the introduction of the still force and now that yeah now that he's messed around in the still yeah. force as well there's definitely i think that's definitely going to attract a lot of attention yeah so i yeah i'm expecting a lot of similar stuff like this happening for justice league moving forward mm-hmm. yeah so that's okay that's pretty cool some revelations with i didn't think about <laughs> um okay cool <laughs> uh, anything you want to add to justice league though uh, no, just the fact that it was uh, the event is a lot bigger than I expected it to be, and I do apologize for not I no, guess, noticing I compl- that. <laughs> I completely missed it too. I completely missed but, it too. Uh, now we know what to how, how to prepare for it moving forward. Now I guess right. So. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll definitely be covering the other books as well. Yeah. Um, moving forward for uh, probably not in like crazy event. in depth like we do with these books now, but we'll make mention of the information that's important from those. From those particular issues, I suppose. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, let me just see here. I just want to check something real quick. Sure. Keep talking. Keep talking while I check this thing. What are we? What are you checking? No, just, just, uh, just let me check something. Just, just keep talking. Just say stuff. <laughs> um, Raptors are looking really good <laughs> this season. <laughs> um, <laughs> But you gotta admit, okay. really, we looked we looked real good against the the Celtics the other night. Oh, so good, so good, looked real good. <laughs> As, especially in a, in a on a full healthy. Now, granted, wait, 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 wait. Oh, sorry. We'll come back to the. Okay, <laughs> sorry, I do. When it comes to basketball, I do go off on tangents. I know. I was gonna say so. like we're gonna be talking about this for days. <laughs> okay, so um, <laughs> Aquaman number forty one, and this is just brand new revelation on air. Uh, we do sincerely apologize because normally we don't follow those titles so we're not really yeah. looking into them yeah. Aquaman number 41 already came out mm-hmm. the same week mm-hmm. as Justice League uh, I'm, I'm looking at the on sale date and it's, uh, it's it's on the 17th so it's already come out Yeah. next week we will cover Aquaman number 41 yeah. and you know subsequent tie-ins if we need to yeah. um, if we can't like let's just say if next week is going to be a really busy week we just like the things that we're pulling yeah we'll do a bonus we'll try to throw these on there yeah. before just Lee comes back yeah and then uh, I, I, again we'll like i don't imagine that we can't because again we're only gonna go through the the important information from the books that tie into the main ones that we're reading yeah uh but yeah let's just like jerry said if we can't go to it then uh yeah look for another bonus episode <laughs> <laughs> well actually because titans also comes out 
next week. So tomorrow, yeah. by the time you're listening to this, if yeah. you're listening to it on a release date, yeah. Titans do come out tomorrow. So, yeah. so you're, I mean, you'll, we could you'll, probably end up covering both of them. Yeah, there. you'll find out how we end up covering it. Yeah, yeah, you'll, yeah. You'll, you'll be the first to know, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ultimately, we'll cover them because yeah. I do think this is going to be an important event uh, moving forward for Justice League. For so sure, we're definitely going to sure. try our best to cover them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so with that being said, let's go ahead and wrap up our conversation on Justice League. This has gone completely out of control. <laughs> we're not. Just, just like the event. <laughs> <laughs> I read the issue and I was like, okay, cool. I'm going to plan for Justice League. And I'm just like, this whole thing, just it's like, whoa. The totality just happened to us. <laughs> and we just broke our own source wall. <laughs> okay, so we're going to move on to our third book. And it's Gideon Falls number seven. Here we the go. Return, this is the one. The return of the second This is the one we've all been Gideon waiting Falls. for. I'm so excited. So excited I, about this what, book. What an issue. What an issue. What an issue. Yeah, so good. What a calm issue. And then bam. Right at the end. Yeah. Um, so Gideon Falls number seven, written by Jeff Lemire, with art by Andrea Sorrentino, colors by Dave Stewart, and letters by Steve Wands. Now this... Marks, obviously marks the return of Gideon Falls after that insane first arc where everything went down and now you're getting sort of um, you're getting a a better look, a deeper look at not just Norton's childhood, you're looking at uh, Clara's childhood, you're looking mm-hmm. at you know, what may have gone down with the brother, you get some cool revelations about Joe Reddy, Joe Reddy. really cool this stuff this a lot of stuff happening and, and, and Again, they're they're setting up for the the next big thing that's gonna happen. Yeah. Right before yeah. again they ultimately leave us with our shirts wet, <laughs> hanging to dry. Um. So after the last issue, we were talking about how we feel that the missing brother, mm-hmm. Clara's missing brother Daniel, mm-hmm. right? How we feel Daniel is Norton. Yeah. Norton Sinclair. Mm-hmm. In this issue, they don't, you know, obviously they don't. They don't give any. They like, don't give any information. Like outright hits. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. You do find out on Norton's face that beside his, um, the right side of his lip, mm-hmm. there's a there's a scar. Mm-hmm. Right. There's a scar by his lip. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see, like, um, when Clara was younger with her brother in the school bus, mm-hmm. that that kid doesn't have a scar. Yeah. So. That does build a little bit of a separation, but mm-hmm. if our theory is correct, then that comes about at some point. Yeah. We just don't know. I think if we see the scar at all on that kid, then it's confirmed. It's done. It's confirmed. It's, done. it's confirmed. So right now, though, we can't really draw that conclusion, but we do feel that he comes through the doorway, right? And he says that he came from a farm. Yeah. Right? He He's not from the city. He comes from a farm. He shows up in the city and... You know, he says, I think my name is Norton Sinclair. Yeah. Now, to me, that sort of builds on that mystery a little bit because Mm -hmm. I don't even think he knows who he is. Mm -hmm. And I think Norton Sinclair is an identity given to him by the person who's ultimately behind all of it. Right. Right. The person who's asking him now to say, become my doorway once again. Yeah. Right. So it is it is cool that they're continuing to peel more off the mystery mm-hmm. of what it is that they're you know what it is they're trying to tell with his story right and it's uh it's adding more and more intrigue to it that's for sure mm-hmm. this is uh this, this is becoming crazier and crazier by the issue mm-hmm. 
I it's it's gone to the point where like the reason why I love Gideon Falls so much is because you just don't know what to expect because the universe that they've created is just so different that they could throw anything at you and it would make sense mm-hmm. you just don't expect it right so I'm trying to flip through I'm trying to confirm something for myself here um, but go on carry on what you what you wanted to say oh I was gonna say it's also cool that um, there was that you know the moment where she comes where he comes across this lady after he shows up in the city Gideon Falls yeah she kind of she's like hey what street do you live on and he's like oh uh, what street I live on a farm and she's like a farm Mm -hmm. what is your name and you know that's what he says I think my name is Norton Sinclair yeah and I just he's just been lost ever since yeah right and I don't think there's an actual farm or like the farm area in Gideon Falls so I do still believe there is a little bit of that disconnected timeline going on Mm -hmm. I, I think so as well yeah because I do think now the farm area has been, I guess, um, developed into the city. Yeah. And I think that's where he is now. Yeah. Right? Um, and that's why there's such a disconnect between the worlds. And that's why he's constantly looking for something that he knew from when he was on the farm to try mm-hmm. to take him back there. Yeah. Yeah. That... Uh... Like, aside from that, like, again, like you said, it was a really calm issue. But that ending, though. Yeah. Like, just, like, I just, I didn't see that coming. I absolutely did not see that coming. Uh, was that doctor ever revealed earlier in, in, in the in this, in this the storyline? I don't remember. I, I don't recall. I don't think he, um, no, I don't think he was. Mm-hmm. Doctor Cadre, yeah, Cadre, yeah, Doctor, yeah, Doctor Cadre, but but now for him to come out, do what he did, and say what he said, mm-hmm. I just want to know, like, to what extent does do these paranormal activities extend to? Mm-hmm. I just want to know now. <laughs> like, there's just so many. Like, every issue is just more questions. <laughs> Yeah, 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 for sure. That just needs to be answered. <laughs> and and it looks like this this doctor, Dr. Kadri, yeah, knows exactly what's going on. Oh, 100%. Norman, right? 100%. And knows exactly what's going on. Which here. is exactly why they there was no hesitation in kicking his door down. <laughs> that is so against the law, but they So just, against the law. But they totally just did it anyway. <laughs> and he he's talking at the end after they drag Norton out, he's basically saying like, you know, Soon we will be together again, and you will be what you were born to be. Uh, and soon you will become my doorway. And right. that face at the end—that was what we saw in the doorway, right? Yeah, yeah. In that farm, mm-hmm. or in the uh, in the barn. Mm-hmm. So there is definitely—he is definitely the connecting point between these two disjointed yeah. parts of the story. He right? is. He is. He is their devil. This guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to now I want to know like I want to know everything it's just there's just too much going on now it's just it's blowing my mind right now <laughs> and I think the reason why they're looking for him like like this yeah it's because I think Norton escaped but 
in that process he may have lost who he was or lost yeah. his memory or somewhat yeah. you know but i'm what confuses me though now is why wait until now you know what i mean to get him yeah okay because i i think like <clears throat> I, I think it's one of those they probably just didn't know how to track him down. But it's not like Gideon Falls is a huge city. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like that's it true. doesn't seem like a huge city. So I I think I think perhaps uh, I I think to add to your point, because he lost his memory, they were just waiting for him to regain it bit by bit. Oh, okay. So right. then when he once he's once he reobtained certain information, that's when they like, all right, let's get this guy. Let's open the door now. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. And it's it'll be cool to see where they go with that moving forward. Because that character does seem now that now that we're getting a better reveal of who that that face is yeah. behind the um in the barn. Yeah. You know, in that doorway in the barn. It is cool to see like how are they going to develop that moving forward because everything is starting to come to light now. Yeah. Right? So another part is that we find out in the story that Joe Reddy was the bus driver for Clara. Mm-hmm. And, right uh, when Daniel. Clara was was young, it was for yeah. Clara and, and Daniel when mm-hmm. they were young. So she believes, um, she believes that Joe Reddy has taken Daniel. And that she, that Daniel is still alive, and that Joe took him, and Clara is now trying to go, you know, find Joe Reddy again, I guess, or find, mm-hmm. uh, find, her, find her brother. Yeah. So it's, it's. I don't. What what happened to Joe Reddy? Again? Well, he escaped. He, he, right? he escaped. He ran into the doorway and and he just ran through. Right. He just ran through, and they never never came back out. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I wonder what that relationship would be because like, if now let's let's work off of two perso- uh, assumptions. Yeah. If if Daniel is indeed Norton, mm-hmm. then we're getting sort of this story where Norton has escaped to this other part of this other timeline, I guess, of, yeah. of Gideon Falls, yeah. and now has sort of lost his memory because he can't connect to what he was before so it's kind of everything just threw him right off yeah so that's kind of where i guess the amnesia will come in but if it's not the same person i wonder what kind of significance daniel will play yeah you know because it's not very clear you know at all why there would be a role for daniel yeah because as the story is like you they could very well continue on without him if if he indeed is not the same person as Norton Mm -hmm. because him going missing would just kind of be like somebody went missing like yeah it'd just be like like it is what it is sort of situation (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much but I think it it adds that's why I think that's why we sort of came to the assumption that Daniel would become Norton because it, it it creates so much more of that weight of why he's why he's a significant part of the story, right? Yeah. So um the artwork on this book. Just wanna say again, like now that this book has come back, the artwork in this issue, fantastic. And it, and again, another one of those great uses of the color red. They're really 
really going out of the way to show you like now we know exactly who is a part of the situation who is a part of the mystery of getting a phone <coughs> when you see Joe Reddy in the bus you yeah. clearly get that red background um, and you get you know with them knocking on the door coming in booting the door down they're very much clearly a part mm-hmm. of that mystery and the way that this issue is drawn again like it's just they're, they're very clear now yeah on the use of what of where they're putting that color yeah right because I remember to, uh, our conversation. Sorry, go on. Yeah, you know, our conversation from like the early issues, mm-hmm. right? A lot of it seems a little more sporadic, mm-hmm. but now it's it's coming to a lot. It's coming to a very clear focus yeah. of where they're telling that story and where they're using that color. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, sort of just to backtrack a little bit, mm-hmm. I do apologize to our listeners about <clears throat> my coughing, um, getting these ridiculous coughing fits out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, so, I do apologize if. Uh, is blowing up your speakers or headphones or whatever the case is. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, uh, Father Fred actually kills Joe Reddy in issue six. He shoots him. I, I just remember that. Oh right, okay. Yeah, when he once he uh, <clears throat> when he goes and saves uh, Clara, right? Uh, he tackles Joe Reddy, grabs his uh, Joe Reddy's gun while he's tackling him, and then Joe Reddy lunges forward and then boom, shoots him. So Joe Reddy. Uh, as far as we know, is dead. <laughs> Just okay. to uh, backtrack a little bit. <laughs> yeah, as far as we know, yeah. He just straight up shot him. Yeah. That was in... Uh, and, and see, that's why... I understand why writers have to take breaks, but that's why I don't like it when they take breaks that are too long. Because issue six came out uh, August... I think it's like two months ago, yeah. August 18th. Two months. So, so it's like they took an issue's worth of time off, but it's quite a significant amount of time. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Maybe we'll have to sort of readjust our theory based on that, mm-hmm. uh, because Clara does make it very clear that she wants to. She knows what Joe Reddy did with Daniel, supposedly. Mm-hmm. So maybe does that mean that they go back to Joe's Reddy, Joe Reddy's place, like? What does it yeah. mean now? Well, the only thing that really changes from him dying yeah. is uh, it's just the fact that she now doesn't talk to him, doesn't question him about it. Yeah. Just, but I think if her theory of Joe Reddy taking Daniel is still the case, then mm-hmm. that, that much hasn't changed. Yeah. Right? So. Yeah, we'll have to see how this unfolds now. <laughs> Again, Gideon Falls leaving us on a huge cliffhanger. Yeah, a lot of our theories that we've made. Thanks, Jeff. a lot of our theories that we've been having about getting in falls you know throughout the issues we've always just come up with a bunch of like different theories yeah right yeah a lot of it kind of still holds but a lot of it just gets thrown completely off yeah yeah and that's that's one good thing about i think that's one one great thing about getting in falls is that when you think you're starting to get where yeah. they're going with the story, they just completely throw you in a loop. Yeah, well, that, yeah. that's what that's why I said what I said, right? Like even like because their universe is so unique and so well made, like they'll throw anything at you, it'll make sense, mm-hmm. but it'll just completely throw you off guard. Yeah, 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 completely. Right? So I, I think again, that's why I enjoy this this series so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. I think that's that about covers what we want to talk about in Gideon Falls. Mm-hmm. It's one of those issues where it's a setup issue. Yeah, it very much setups what we're going, what's going to happen next. So I mm-hmm. think 
moving forward in the in the future issues we're going to get much deeper much a much deeper discussion about what's going yeah on, what's going on with uh with the story right so mm-hmm. we're gonna do some drowned earth level deep stuff <laughs> i'll i'll show myself out <sighs> <laughs> okay so i think that about concludes <laughs> our comics discussion so we're gonna go ahead and talk a bit about that coffee we've been having initial thoughts jerry initial thoughts what you got it's um i like it i i really like it it is a little more on the more soury on the um the earthy yeah tones yeah uh this time around so when i was first taking the, the first initial few sips the one thing jumped out and that was a light tasting berry type fruit yeah i'm thinking more like apricot slash fig sort of sort of fruitiness like a dried apricot okay all right like that's what i'm getting like like a dried fruit yeah yeah yeah. yeah. like you still have that that lingering sweetness Mm -hmm. but then you get more of that um that sort of dried that dried fleshy texture as well okay all right yeah i see what you mean i'm getting kind of a i want to say raspberry okay because to me raspberry almost just tastes like they're just very faint very faint berries to me right yeah so I think I'm gonna go with raspberry and maybe I don't know what what did you have over there apricot and figs yeah like a dried apricot fig like they're sort of like the same that same flavor note for me Mm -hmm. you know what I mean so Mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't separate it uh, but that's sort of like the the general flavor that I that I'm that I'm getting right now. Okay, all right. So why don't we leave it at that then? Why okay. don't we leave it at that? I'll then, leave my contributions to one thing. And then raspberry we'll apricot fig. All right, let's do and the reveal. That. Here we go. Raspberry jam. Oh, we got one. Stewed fruit. Stewed. Yeah. So like it's boiled. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. That that I can relate to. All right. That's why I said like dried fruit. Like it, it, to me, it gives that similar kind of sweetness. Okay. Dried fruit and stewed fruit, just that 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 similar kind of just. Well, instead of dried flesh, now it's just really really mushy wet flesh sort of sweetness, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. And then uh, lemon candy. Lemon. Yeah, which uh, I didn't get at all. Yeah, I did not get a lemon taste but, out of this. I know, I, but you did mention that you were getting sour notes though. Yes. So, I mean, that could be it. No, I'm still not getting the candy. No, not at all. I am getting the sour, though. Yeah. Yeah. But, I see, like, with that type of sour, I wouldn't relate it to a lemon. No, I would relate it to more of a, uh, more of like a young fruit sort of, uh, sort of sourness, right? Yeah. Like a young, um, like, what's one fruit that's really sour when it's, when it's young? Like, it's not ripe yet. I don't know. Like a... Strawberry? No. Like a young apple, maybe? Like a young Granny Smith apple? Okay. Sort right. of sour, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, but, but definitely not lemon. No. Not what I was expecting. Hey, but hey, overall, not a complete fail. Which uh, We got like one and a half. Which is... Oh, that's not bad. You know? That's pretty good. That's a pass. One and a half. Three, <laughs> that's 50%. A pass. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's a pass. It's a, it's a low bar to set, my friend. <laughs> But overall, it, uh, it's a it's a good coffee. Yeah, I do enjoy uh, it. Not, I, I will admit, it's not my favorite one. 
I still believe that last week's coffee was it's phenomenal, much better. Yeah, uh, but not a bad coffee by any means. Oh yeah, of course, of course. I think if if the sourness came down a little bit, yeah, I think I would enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, because that that sourness does throw off some of the other flavors. Right. So I do think if that comes down a little bit, it'll it'll become better for sure, for sure, absolutely. Know? But maybe a different batch might just have that. Might have maybe. you know. A different batch might have the sourness come down a little bit. Who Maybe. knows, right? Depends on how they roast it. Yeah. You know, by batches, right? So, okay. So that pretty much concludes our coffee comics discussion. Oh. Because we don't know <laughs> what to call this coffee, segment yet. Coffee, coffee. So we're just going to go with coffee comics. <laughs> so why don't we go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and get to our offerings to Dark Side segment. Offerings to Dark Side. And we're at the offerings to dark side segment now listeners before we carry on with this segment we want to let you know that this is going to be the final week that we'll be doing the offerings to dark side segment what you didn't tell me this wow okay <laughs> so victor this is going to be unbelievable the last Jerry. week that we're going to be doing i thought you would consult me the on this offerings to dark side segment Oh, we were partners. <laughs> and we have decided jointly. <laughs> uh, th- uh, we have decided jointly that we're going to give a joint offering this week to sort of finish off and send this segment along with Darkseid. I think we've offered him enough. The, uh, <laughs> into the sunset. I think he's taken enough from us. Yeah, he's taken. <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> because moving forward, we do want to start adding some new different segments. We want to bring some new ideas along. But we also don't want the we don't want the show to be too long on a weekly basis. So we want to keep it to a nice consistent length. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in order for us to do that, we're gonna to have to start phasing some stuff out. And offerings that side dark side will be one of those. We do want to start getting more into previews for the following week. So we can give you a sort of a synopsis of what we're going to be talking about the week after. Because the show does come out the I guess like almost a week after those books have hit the stand. We do we do want to make sure that you're well equipped for the day after for um, for the day after and you know for the books that we'll be talking about so when we do get around to talking about them mm-hmm. that you guys have all read those books and mm-hmm. you know have all equipped yourself with with the knowledge you know knowledge is power of the knowledge <laughs> Jesus <laughs> okay so <laughs> for our final offering we will be offering a board game that we actually play fairly consistently like all the time all the time it is kind of a uh, it is a go-to board game of ours uh, especially with a couple of friends of ours we like to get together and this is one of those games that should we hate ourselves enough that we will play because it is a very difficult game it is hard it like, is a very difficult game and the difficulty ramps up as you play it but it is a ton of fun um, it's called Zombicide 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 so there's been many seasons of Zombicide that's come out. Um, I guess, you know, we can call them seasons is what they're labeling it as. Mm-hmm. But it's basically various expansions of it. But they can all be played standalone. So, you know, there are very different, uh, there are many different versions of Zombicide out there. But the game itself, what it is, it's a, uh, it's a miniature board game. It's a miniature based board game. So you all have a little character you control. You put tiles together to create a map. And then basically what happens is you, you have objectives to complete from point A to point B or stuff like that before you escape a map or whatnot. And you have to complete those before you get run over by zombies. Mm-hmm. So every turn as it goes, 
zombies will spawn at different locations on the map and depending on your level more and more zombies will show up per turn so what this is is it, it's it's kind of arcadey in a sense that every time you kill a zombie you you gain experience point yeah and you eventually level up you get new skills you can search for new weapons new items you know as you rummage through things and find stuff and you go on a complete objective so different levels of zombies as well as you go through the game you encounter more and more dangerous enemies that you'll need special items to like dispose of and stuff like that so it's kind of like call of duty zombies yeah okay in that sense like in, the, in that it, sense yeah. if you guys needed a video game reference to how this game works yeah yeah it's um essentially a pretty good reference of it especially yeah. the recent call of duties i, I think um the recent zombie mode stuff is more of that hectic feel yeah. that hectic arctic, uh, arcade feel mm-hmm. and that's kind of where we are with uh with this game yeah yeah so it, it's there are times where it's it, it's actually impossible to win like you can't win yeah but i think yeah. that sort of adds to the value of the game because when you do end up winning a round of zombie side because you don't really win win when you <laughs> end up winning a a round of zombie side or part of that campaign uh it's a it's a very good feeling yeah absolutely Just because it's so difficult to win at this game. <laughs> yeah it's a it's a pretty difficult game but very fun Mm-hmm. It's one one of those games that we always come back to. Mm-hmm. Fully cooperative game, everybody working together, uh, trying to get to the uh, trying to get to the end of the objective and stuff like that. Right. So. Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, that is the final offering that we'll be giving to Darkseid. We hope Darkseid has been pleased. Just get out of here. Just, and we um, just never come back. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take it too much from us. <laughs> Listeners, we hope you have enjoyed Dark's, um, you know, offerings to Darkseid as well. We hope you've enjoyed the offerings that we've been giving you. We hope you've checked out some of the stuff that we've offered to you, you know, over the last few months. Um, hope that you found some value out of those. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe those are some stuff that you like. Or if it's something you want us to bring back in the future, let us know as well. Um, it's just that in the meantime... With the way that we want to direct our content, we want it to be a lot more comic book focused moving forward. And I think you've listeners have sort of seen or heard that trend um, through every episode. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's kind of the direction we want to go now. Whether or not we talk specifically about comic books is a different story, but it is going to be more comic focused, right? Right. So that that's kind of where we want to get, mm-hmm. where we want to get to. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Before we get to our outro, the books that we'll be talking about next week. So you can pick these up. Uh, you know, if you're listening to this episode on release date, these books will be on the stands the following day on the Wednesday. So the books that we'll be talking about next week are Cold Spot number three, Aquaman number 41, which is the book that we missed this week, uh, the uh, Drowned Earth sort of Drowned Earth event mm-hmm. that's happening. And it's also going to. Uh, next week, we're also going to be talking about Titans number 28. So two books from the Drowned Earth story. Hopefully, it gives us a better, clearer picture about where the event is going. And, you know, hopefully our conversation will be a little richer at that point about the event. Because right now, we're really just seeing a prequel mm-hmm. picture, right? Sort of a uh, prequel Yeah, I think picture. next week is um, when we'll probably really go in-depth with that event. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so that about wraps up our offerings 
to Dark Side segment. So we thank you for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember, if you like what we do on this podcast, please hit that subscribe button on the podcast service provider of your choice. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And also remember to rate and leave us a review if you have some time. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions about the show, about what we've talked about, or if you have a book you want us to discuss on this show, please email us at contact at darkrosecomics.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at twitter.com slash darkrosecomics, twitter.com slash otterlygeeky for myself, and twitter.com slash victorjyoung for my co-host Victor. You can also find us on Instagram at instagram.com slash darkrosecomics, and we also have a Facebook page at facebook.com slash darkrosecomics, and if you want to be a part of our community, you can join our Facebook group at Dark Rose Comics Group. And as always, take care. Bye.